0: The Church of Shiar Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, welcomes you to this edition of Shiar Jashub, featuring the ministry of Pastor Greg Scalzo. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo. Today we will continue listening to a sermon in my husband's series on heavenly authority. The current topic is the dynamic balance of Taught in the New Testament concerning those in positions of authority. Humility is required, as both the one in authority and those ministered to recognize that all believers are brethren and servants of the Lord, with no one lifted up in unnatural adulation. But the Lord does place individuals in positions of authority where, as stewards of the word of god they exercise anointed holy spirit power to further examine this truth pastor greg discussed paul's unpretentious description of his role as an apostle in first corinthians and then when we left off pastor proceeded to read the account in acts chapter 13 where paul confronts the sorcerer
1: Elemus. Then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him. This is the same Paul we read in 1 Corinthians and said, O full of deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? And now, indeed, the hand of the Lord is upon you, so he receives prophecy. And you shall be blind, he proclaims it, not seeing the sun for a time. And immediately a dark mist fell on him, and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had been done, being astonished at the teaching of the Lord. And the teaching of the Lord is accompanied by the power displayed of the Lord And humble Paul, a brother just like us, a servant of God, but he is a steward of the mysteries of God, and when the mysteries, the truth of God, is attacked, and error comes in, then his authority is seen by power, and he proclaims the word of God, and the sorcerer is made blind. There is another side. Just men, just brethren, don't idolize. Don't lift up, but there is authority given to men for the sake of the truth of God, and we need to respect that. Look at 1 Corinthians. We read in verse 4, in chapter 4, I'm sorry, for the kingdom of God is not in word but in power, in verse 20. Look in chapter 5, and if you look down at verse 3, you have the situation in chapter 5 of immorality, among other things, coming into the church of Corinth. Beyond that, that even the Gentiles have. You have a man who has his father's wife that takes his father's wife. And Paul reacts, obviously, harshly against this, and he exercises his authority. Right after we read chapters 1, 2, and 3 about who is Paul, in chapter 5, verse 3, we read, he says to them, For I indeed, as absent in body, but present in spirit, have already judged as though I were present him who has done this deed. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together along with my spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that his spirit may be saved in the day Of the Lord Jesus. Now that's tremendous authority. He's saying that as he's praying, the Holy Spirit shows him. It's as as though he's there in their service. He can see what's going on, and he tells them, "You can't let this go on. This is not grace. This is trampling on the things of God. If for the very sake that this man gets saved, he'll be not saved if he keeps going. You have to stop it. You have to hand them over to Satan for his salvation, for the sake of the church. And this is what you do when you gather together." and you're in one mind, and I'll be praying there, and my spirit will be right along with you in the Holy Spirit. Then you ought to exercise the authority with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ and proclaim it, just like he did to Elymas. Deliver such a want to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. If you go with the Second Corinthians, and again the contending for the truth continues. And you have uh, him correcting all the errors introduced by the false apostles. In chapter 11, verse 13, he tells them, we read this several weeks back, for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ, and no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness whose end will be according to their works. They've crept in, they're deceiving the church, and so in the process of trying to make the Corinthian church wake up, he is called on to defend himself and who he is and the authority he has. In chapter 10, 2 Corinthians 10, he says uh, in verse one, "Now I Paul, myself, am pleading with you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, through meekness he's pleading. Who, in presence, am lowly among you, but being absent and bold towards you." And what he's speaking about there is later on, you'll hear he says that they claim, well, he's very bold in his letters, but when he's among us, he's very humble. So he uses that here sarcastically who in presence am lowly among you, but being absent and bold toward you. But I beg you, so he's pleading with them, gentleness, meekness, I beg you that when I am present, I may not be bold with the confidence by which I intend to be bold against some who think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh." For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Once those can come to a knowledge and come out of it and be saved, then he will be bold and punish those, these false teachers, these false apostles, in the power of God with the weapons of our warfare. He says, you look at things according to the outward appearance, you look at me, I look humble among you. He's not not a, he's obviously an educated man, Paul, but he's not a trained speaker like some of these false apostles. And he's been very gentle among them, and these men have been very, powerful, charisma exuding from them, and they're influencing people by it. He says, Do you look at things according to the outward appearance? If anyone is convinced in himself that he is Christ's, let him again consider this in himself, that just as he is Christ's, even so we are Christ's. For even if I should boast somewhat more about our authority, which the Lord gave us for edification, And not for destruction, I shall not be ashamed. The main purpose of the authority they have is to build up, edification. That's God's heart's desire. That's why Paul comes among them, gentle and meek. That's why he pleads with them. That's why he reasons with them. Because the main heart's desire of God is for edification. Not for destruction. But they don't understand why he's come that way to them. They're impressed by people that seem powerful, and they respond to those people's power. He says, I shall not be ashamed, lest I seem to terrify you by letters, for his letters, they say, are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech contemptible. Verse 11, here's the key. Let such a person consider this that what we are in word by letters when we are absent, such will we also be indeed when we are present. What is he saying? He's saying, though I've been meek among you and I haven't been overbearing among you, still there is the anointing of God upon us, and let it be known that when we're, we're present with you, I will be so indeed. This is the authority that the Lord has given them. If you look on to chapter 12, He reminds them in verse 12, truly the signs of an apostle were accomplished among you with all perseverance and signs and wonders and mighty deeds. He reminds them how he met them and the power of God through him. And then verse 14, now for the third time I am ready to come to you and I will not be burdensome to you for I do not seek yours but you. For the the children... The children are not to lay up for the parents, but the parents for the children. And I will very gladly spend and be spent for your souls. Though the more abundantly I love you, the less I am loved. He's there to give to them, not to take from them. He's like a parent with a child saving up for them. He's there for their souls. And though the more abundantly I love you, the less I am loved. Some will translate that, if I love you more, will you love me less? And that's human nature, right? Sometimes the more a person loves us, the more a person is meek toward us, the more we say, well, I got that person. I'm sure of that person. That's a terrible human nature, right? The more somebody loves us less and lords it over us like the Gentiles and rules over us, the more we may seek after that person, That's the sick human nature. And Paul says, if I love you more, will you love me less? That's what they've done to him. Now you go down to verse 19. He says, again, do you think we excuse ourselves to you or explain ourselves to you? We speak before God and Christ. But we do all things, beloved, for your edification. That's, again, to build you up. That's the main goal. And then he says, In verse 20, For I fear lest when I come I shall not find you such as I wish. You haven't repented. And that I shall be found by you such as you do not wish. Lest there be contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, backbitings, whisperings, conceits, tumults. Lest when I come again My God will humble me among you, and I shall mourn for many who have sinned before and have not repented of the uncleanness, fornication, and lewdness which they have practiced. This will be the third time I am coming to you. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. I have told you before and foretell as if I were present the second time. And now being absent, I write to those who have sinned before and to all the rest And if I come again, I will not spare.
0: Thank you for joining us. You can find a library of these radio programs on our church website at www.shierjashub.org. That's S-H-E-A-R hyphen J-A-S-H-U-B dot O-R-G. And you will also find information about Shi'ar Jeshub, Christian Tabernacle, and Pastor Greg. And we have included a link to Pastor's instructive book, The Nature and Power of Prayer, 30 Bible Lessons to Effective Prayer That Will Change Your Life. Please join Pastor Greg Scalzo next time on Shi'ar Jashub.